The following is the Tony Lozano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Hey, we're back. Another episode of Free Kicks on your uh, podcasting device, however you listen to us, whether it's on your phone or on your computer or what have you. Uh, I'm Rick Kemper here with Adam Howarth. And Adam, we spent uh, a lot of time together this weekend. Uh, first, That's we right. golfed That's together. Right. We golfed together on Friday. And um, I don't know if you want to tell the people what happened. I, I believe, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm trying to remember exactly what happened in this, but I believe one of us nearly had a hole in one. Uh, you, would you like to tell all the people about that story? Sure, I can certainly do that because this is definitely a big thing for you. So, uh, yep, I I didn't actually see it. I just heard a big thump mm-hmm. and the ball hitting against the, the marker that they have on a lot of those golf outings. But then before you know it, when we walk up to the uh, up to the hole, it was uh, quite a big pitch mark, maybe 16 to 18 inches uh, maybe 10 inches if you want to. You, you can exaggerate as much yeah. as you want. I have more like four inches. Oh, four inches. There yeah. you go. Four inches. And uh, it was it was right there. Almost a hole in one. Yeah. So uh, now that being said, every hole that we had was <laughs> a par three hole. So we had 18 chances to get holes in one. And that, but, that particular hole was about 60 yards long. However... A hole in one, almost hole in one, is a, is almost a hole in one. So uh, even though Adam did beat me by about twelve strokes, so I just, <laughs> I just wanted to point out that that was a there was a fine moment. I actually made Adam tell this same story. Uh, we were at uh, the Soctoberfest, which is sponsored by the club I'm a part of, which is Green White Soccer Club. We had lots of soccer games out at our fields in displays. And Adam came out to watch a few of the games, and I made him tell that story to about a dozen people. So <laughs> I think we're done with it now. But I just wanted it's to old. get it out there as officially as possible that uh, I had one good golf shot in my life, <laughs> and I have semi-witnesses to it, at least the hearing of it. Definitely. It was a, it was a fantastic shot, and especially <laughs> with, with, the, with the Ryder Cup only a couple weeks away. It's all good timing. <laughs> So there are some good American golfers out there. That's good. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, uh, appeasing me. Uh, <laughs> and let's uh, let's get to the soccer talk. We have some audio. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? So because I was out at this uh, tournament all weekend, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it. I watched some of the highlight shows. But I do know the most important thing is that there are two teams now only two in the Premier League that are undefeated 5-0. and And Adam, will you tell people who those teams are? Yes, we have Liverpool, yes. who have 15 points, five wins out of five, who are in second place. <laughs> but top of the table, my team, with a convincing 4-1 win on the, on the, on the, the weekend against uh, 
probably one of those uh, lower level teams that we talked about at the beginning of the year who might be struggling to stay in the division. Uh, so they're on top of the table. So it's back to normality, back to how it used to be. <laughs> this is great. Life is good. <laughs> Well, I told you earlier, I th- I don't see a Chelsea loss on the horizon until the end of October. Honestly, I think they can run the table if they, you know, just play the way that they're capable of playing. Now, I am a Liverpool supporter, and uh, Liverpool is having a fantastic season as well. They, yes, they won. Yes. Who did they yeah, beat they- this weekend? They won... Uh, yeah, big game. It was the TV tip, Tottenham Hotspur, 2-1. Yeah, that was a big game for them, a big win at Wembley Stadium. So uh, they finally proved that they can beat one of the, the so-called top six play, top, top six teams. So it was a good result for them. What do you mean they finally showed they could beat one of the top six teams? Then they beat the top <laughs> six teams all the time. This oh, yeah, but you got to re- – I know, but you've got to remember they haven't played anybody yet. So, you know, you look at their schedule, it's been pretty easy so far. You know, so so far they've kind of got through all the all the teams. So it's going to get a little bit tougher for them down the road now. That was a great game, by the way. I, I taped it and I, I watched it early in the morning before I went out to the soccer fields. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I the excitement at the at the Wembley Stadium the two of these uh powerhouses the two coaches standing side by side um it, it really was a, a a fantastic game it lived up to the hype and once again Adam you have a perfect record on giving us the TV tip yeah we've I've been lucky so far I mean it's not too difficult when you have these two top teams with such great great players so it's not easy not difficult to uh to pick, pick these ones but um but yeah, I mean, the the play itself was very good. I mean, to be fair, Liverpool probably could have scored a bunch of goals. Um, Tottenham still are not quite hitting the highlights that they had last year. Right. Maybe a little bit of a, a bit, maybe a little bit of a hangover effect from um, the World Cup. Plus, they uh, Hugo Lloris was injured, so they had a new goalkeeper in. Right. And you know, I know we've chatted a lot about how goalkeepers and defenders are a big part of teams, and their goalkeeper was not the best to say the least he was a bit shaky on the day and uh so that probably had a little bit of an effect on on the result as well but certainly liverpool were the best team they certainly created enough chances to win by probably more than two to one and the hugging german was happy once again and and we both did pick uh at the beginning of the season we both did pick that tottenham might be one of those big six teams that just doesn't make it in the final four that it seemed like the stars were aligning against them from the start so let's see if they can turn it around the other team that was undefeated was Watford and they dropped a game to Man U but they also I thought played pretty well in that game did you did you get a chance to see any of that one yeah yeah I was able to catch most of this one I was kind of in and out this was one of the games I kind of was jumping around a little bit with but uh, yeah um, I, I thought again Watford are playing well I mean they're certainly off to a great start. I think they had this, a kind of a similar start to this last year, although probably not as many wins. Um, but they gave Man United everything they could get. Uh, but maybe Man United starting to turn the corner a little bit. Give right. give Jose some credit. You know, we we did kind of lambast him a little bit in the last <laughs> few weeks in terms of what he was doing. But you know, you got to give him some credit. He's he's turned the tide. He brought back in Fellaini, who I thought was very good, yes. even though he gets a lot of criticism. 
he was probably a little bit of a difference maker. And Fred, who was the uh, the player that was their all-comer, great, fantastic midfielder, they dropped him. And probably putting in Fellaini for him was probably a smart move. And and uh, Lukaku scores goals. That's what he does. And right. he, he's definitely presence. And Fellaini is one of those players that uh, normally comes in off the bench or, and has been for the last couple of seasons. But every time he's in the game, he makes a big difference. He's he's a big guy with a big afro. And whenever he's playing, <laughs> you can just tell that the other team has to account for him. Yeah, I, I would compare him. I, mean, I coached college for a long time, and he's, your, he's almost like a, a typical college soccer player. He's big, he's tall, he's athletic, uh, probably not always the, the cleanest on the ball, uh-huh. but, he's so, but he's so effective. And, that's, and that's, sometimes you need that. You know? And I think it's, un, it's unlucky for him because they always kind of pick over him at times. Right. And they think, oh, we can get somebody. You know, he's going to be better for us today. But – when it comes down to crunch time, when he comes in, he always makes that impact. And he's, he's probably helping Jose a lot out now because he's getting them back on the, on a bit of a winning streak. So, yeah, he's one of those players that you probably don't want to have. But then when you put him in, you're like, man, he's going to make an impact for us. He's, and he's one of those players that you love to hate. I mean, every other team yes. hates him. <laughs> right. But if you're a you're a man, you fan, you got to you got to tip your cap to him. And and like you said, I think it. I think Jose's job now is completely safe, right? At least uh, for the time being. It's just amazing how quickly that turns in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen no, anything like it. Yeah, I mean, they were kind of floundering at the bottom there. Now they've moved up to eighth spot. They've got nine points. They're only six points behind Chelsea. I don't know if I told you they're top of the table. But there's six <laughs> points behind them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're getting closer. You know, they're on the, actually, the funny thing is they're on the same amount of points as Tottenham. So yeah. that gives you, I mean, that's the, that's, that's the crazy thing about this game. couple wins, it gets you right back in it. So let's talk about, I don't know if you saw this, uh, in the West Ham game, which was uh, a Sunday game. Yes, yes. Did you catch any of that game? The two Sunday games I watched in full, and that was oh, wow. awesome. Okay. Yeah, so I was really excited about that because I actually got to sit down and watch two full games, so it was good. Um, but, yeah, this was a kind of a bizarre incident. I don't know if you want to kind of chat about it, but, yeah, it was interesting. Well, so Lucas Perez is a, a player that was on the bench, um, and, you know, he – he was asked to come into the game, and they showed on the high, on the sidelines. They showed the coach. It actually, wasn't the head coach. I don't believe it was like one of the assistant coaches talking to him, and you could see him shaking his head, like, "No, I'm not going in." And uh, after the game, so, you know, some of the uh, announcers there were just ripping him to shreds for that. Uh, I think the fans don't take too kindly to that either. What's your take on it? Well, here's the interesting thing. So there's been a little bit so exclusive here to the podcast. There's been some information that came out this morning. I was following up because this stuff, I I really get intrigued by all this stuff because this is kind of the coach and the player, the relationship, all those types of things. Now, he's coming back today and saying that he did not refuse to warm up, which I think is very interesting. Um, so he was taking about talking about how there was a lot of false information and, uh, in the moment he really didn't say that 
So I think this could be interesting to see what develops. He's basically saying that didn't happen, although what we saw and what we were led to believe, certainly by the announcers during the game, that um, that this was a situation where you know he did refuse to uh, warm up. So I think we're going to have to kind of keep our eye on this. This might be a little bit of a story during the course of the week that we'll find out. But still a strange situation. When you look at him, he certainly didn't look like a happy camper. No. He certainly was upset. And I think part of it was because they chose another player to go in instead of him right. to play up top. And this all came about because they they made six changes. He was one of the guys that was dropped to the bench. So I think there was some underlying feeling of uh, some frustration uh, because they they made so many changes. But to, to West Ham's credit, credit it worked out because they, won. they got the win. Yeah, exactly. He, you know, the win of the year. Yeah. Manager made six changes in the team for the team from the previous previous game. They end up winning 3-1 on the road, which was a great result for them. Well, I, I, I will just say this. It, you know, watching it live – it sure looked like he was refusing to warm up. And and after the game, the coach stood up for him and said that, uh, no, that wasn't true. But then they were floating something about a knee injury or something, which clearly it was a completely made-up story because no one's mentioning that anymore. Um, yes. So something very fishy is going on there. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I think I think the the manager's covering up a little bit. I think I think there was an incident. They're trying to kind of downplay it, which I totally understand from yeah. a manager's standpoint. They don't want to make a big, you know, a big mountain out of this, and uh, <clears throat> hopefully that they can kind of solve it within the house. And then he's back on, on there. It'll be interesting to see if he's on the bench next week or. Or what happens? Yeah, it will. So there's something to keep going on. <coughs> Let's talk about uh, this. Yeah. This big. We have a every week in the Premier League when there's a uh, midweek Champions League uh, matchups. It it makes it difficult for the coach to figure out which players to play in the Champions League, which to play uh, uh, the following Saturday or Sunday, because uh, you don't want to wear down your players too much, but you also don't want to lose a chance to win in the Champions League. So four of the uh, teams in the uh, Premier League are playing this week, uh, starting with yeah. Tot Tottenham on Tuesday. You want to talk about that game a little bit? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. The, they're playing Inter Milan. That's the early game. And I think what they've done is they've actually kind of spread the games out a little bit more. So for, for our few in benefit, they, they actually kick off, I believe, 12 o'clock right. uh, p.m. So, um, yeah, um, I know Tottenham's got a couple of injuries. Obviously, Lloris is out. Deli Ali was out. He, did, he missed the game the other day. He's a um, very key player. I, yeah, uh, and I think Lloris is obviously massive for them. Sure, so of course. Yeah. Whether or not they come back, whether or not they come back into the game, you know, for this game, I would think so. Um, but it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one for them because um, you know Inter's always been strong, even though they're probably not off to a great start in terms of their league this year. Um, they're always going to, you know, it's Inter Milan, Tottenham. Inter Milan has the the pedigree of doing really well in Champions Leagues in terms of winning it in the past. So should and, be a really good game. the game is in Milan. So yes. that also, yeah, the way games are always the harder ones. 
Exactly. But exactly. So I think the premier matchup of the Premier League teams, though, is the one that's the second game that day, and that's uh, PSG against Liverpool. That's a that's a. Both of these teams could go all the way to the final. I totally agree. I mean, this you, you hate to say this, but this could be a preview of the final, which would be fantastic. I mean, it's a it's a great game. Um, you've got in in league play PSG in uh, in the French league uh, pretty much it's PSG's league to lose you know I don't think there's much competition to be fair right they're, they're, they're like the in Bayern, their league as well the Bayern Munich of uh, the yeah, French league exactly exactly so you're kind and uh, so yeah I think I think all the play hmm. yeah I think all the all the players are excited about uh, you know putting themselves up against it and then you've got a certain player in Neymar who's going to be going up against probably two of the younger outside backs um, in terms of Liverpool, but those outside backs have been fantastic over the past uh, few weeks. Um, so, yeah, it should be a really good game, and uh, especially when you've got the front three of Liverpool going up against defenders. There could be a lot of goals in this game. And that's what we like to see. Uh, the Wednesday games, we have Man City against Lyon. Uh, any uh, any. That one's in Manchester. Manchester should be able to. They should be able to handle that, don't you think? I don't foresee any problem here. I think this is a, an easy win for Man City. Um, you know, Lyon is obviously one of the better, better and stronger French teams, but uh, with Man Man City's depth, um, we were just talking about this just the other day. You know, when you you take off your top striker in Kunaguero, who's probably the greatest striker that Man City's ever got, yeah. and then you're able to bring on uh, Jesus I from know. Brazil. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's unfair. He's the <laughs> it is. It's it's not right. It's not right. So they have um, just a, a, a amount of players of, of so much depth. It's it's amazing. So I I don't foresee any problem. And remember, De Bruyne hasn't played yet. I know. You know he hasn't even he hasn't kicked the ball. Arguably, probably one of the top three or four players in the world. He has not played, and you don't even you hate to say it, you don't even know how good they're going to be with him. So um, you put him in the mix, they're even better. So it's, it's yeah, they're be, only it's, third on the table. They're, only third, but they they're still cruising. Yeah. I mean, they they haven't lost. They're still going to be they're still right. They're still going to be Chelsea's main uh, main problem. So <laughs> and, and Liverpool. <laughs> All right, so let's let's also talk. There's one other game, and that's Man United against a team that has my favorite name of all the Champions League teams, and that's Young Boys. Young Boys yes. from Bern, yes. Switzerland. That's right. So Bern, Switzerland. Uh, again, um, Man United on the road. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, Always a tough, always tough to go to places like in Switzerland or maybe even Austria, those types of things, because it's definitely a different type of an atmosphere. Um, and Man United have been kind of known to maybe slip up occasionally there, but um, yeah, I, I think they've got some confidence now. They've got some players that are coming in. Um, Rashford should be back for this game. Remember, Rashford got the red card last week, right. but he has to sit three Premier League games. So he should be available to play in this Champions League game because he can play in those games. That doesn't that's not affected by his uh, suspension. Right. Um so he, so he's a player that's going to be fresh that can come in. Um you still got Lukaku. I, I just think they got too much. You know, that they, they should be able to get a result there for sure. I agree. 
All right, so let's uh, do every week now. We've been doing a quiz about a Premier League team, and I always, uh, I am the quizzer, and Adam is the quizzy because he is our Premier League expert, and this is kind of our way of testing if he's really an expert or not. Um, we have five questions <laughs> about West Ham United. And if you get three of them correct, you pass. So far, you have passed every team that we've done. This is our fifth one. Are you are you ready to, to tackle the quiz, Mr. Howarth? I am. We'll give it a shot. Okay. I'm going to start with a, uh, a kind of a frivolous question, and that is, which of the following celebrities is not or was not a famous supporter of West Ham? All right. Okay. Is it A, Russell Brand, B, Alfred Hitchcock, C, James Corden, or D, Liam Neeson? One of them is not a supporter of West Ham. The other three are. Ooh, that's tough. I know Russell Brand is. Pretty sure James Corden is. So it leaves me down to two. I'm going to go with Liam Neeson. Very good. That's right. Alfred Hitchcock was also a a big West Ham supporter. All Uh, right. Because West Ham was huge in the 60s. They were huge in the 60s. In fact, here's question number two. Three West Ham players were part of the 1966 World Cup team. Three of them. And they were three of the biggest stars. Which one of these players from that team was not from West Ham. Okay? Okay. Was it Bobby Moore, the captain? Jeff Hurst, who scored three goals in the final against West Germany? Okay. That's right. Gordon Banks, the goalkeeper? Or Martin Peters, who scored the other goal in the game against Germany? One of those. Well, as every English... Yeah, as every English person knows that, uh, you know, they should know everybody who played in the 1966 World Cup. So they know that it would be Gordon Banks. That was an easy one, wasn't it? Uh, it was, yeah. I mean, because everybody knows the West Ham connection, certainly from the, from the World Cup. Right. And, and everyone knows that Gordon Banks played for? Leicester City. <laughs> oh, very good. I thought yes. I might have you there. All right, so you're <laughs> two for two so far. Third one. Right. How did West Ham majority owner David Sullivan, he's the uh, main owner of the team, how did he become a millionaire? Was it A, he inherited a fortune from his grandfather, <laughs> the famous songwriter Albert Sullivan of Gilbert and Sullivan fame? B, mm. he founded a power tool company? C, he became famous through television infomercials or D, pornography? <laughs> I've got a free – I'm going to guess on this one. I think it was a power tool company because I remember they had some power tools as a sponsor at one point. So that's what I'm going to go with. No, you're never going to believe this. The answer is pornography. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I was doing some research into the club, and yes, he uh, started – uh, sex shops throughout uh, his native Wales and became a millionaire okay. and, and created like a softcore porn uh, uh, company. Um, and that's how he got his uh, his fortune. And now he's the owner of West Ham United. 
Oh, so, I did not know that. Interesting. So, at least he's not a Russian oligarch, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, let's talk about the coach of West Ham, the current manager, Manuel Pellegrini. All right, famous coach. He has coached many big teams. Which of these teams did he never coach? All right. A, All right. Villarreal. B, Barcelona. C, Real Madrid. Or D, Manchester City. One of those he did not coach. Could you say could you say B again? I didn't catch B. Barcelona. Barcelona. I think it was Barcelona. It was Barcelona. Very good. He won the uh, title with right. Man City uh, and Real Madrid. Um, and he was very successful at Villarreal as well. But That's he right. never coached Barcelona. So here's the last one. Now you I mean you you're 4 for 4, so this is kind of old hat three, for you. 3 for 4. Three oh, 3 for, for four. 4. That's right. You didn't get the pornography. <laughs> you just didn't Sorry. want to say pornography. I know. I'm not I'm not up on my pornography. I apologize. So no. you have you've passed once again. Now here there's a final one is West Ham didn't become known as West Ham until 1900. Before that, from 1895 to 1900, they were known as, is it A, FC, East London, B, Stratford FC, C, Victoria, or D, Thames Ironworks? I didn't catch the last one. What was the last one? Thames Ironworks. Yep, I believe that's Thames Ironworks. Because I'm in and around the Thames, I'm going to go with Thames Ironworks, FC. You are correct. All right, so four out of five. I wish I had some sound effects that I could play, some uh, applause. But uh, please, wherever you are, uh, give some applause to uh, Adam for uh, correctly going through. (laughs) Uh, Here are the places you can find uh, free kicks besides RadioMisfits.com. You can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in. If you want to subscribe to the show, we are are at radiomisfits.com. There's a RSS feed there, and there's also a page on the radiomisfits.com. And now we uh, come to uh, my favorite part of the show, and that is Adam's TV tip. Let's get the audio for that. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. What do you got for us this week? Well, obviously, you've got some great Champions League games this week, but I'm going to go back to the Premier League on Saturday morning. I'm really excited about this game. I I was able to watch them in in full on Sunday. That was Wolverhampton Wanderers. I just thought they were a terrific team. I I really was really impressed with the players that they have. Ruben Neves is a really great player. Um, Even I like their their young centre-back in Cody. He's actually not quite as young, but he's an English kid. Um, They've got some really nice players, and they play Man United. So I think that's going to be a good game. So it's Manchester United versus Wolves. I might even pick a little bit of an upset, just the way Wolves is playing. Um, I might think they might be able to sneak a win on that one, but it should be a great game. Man United versus Wolves, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Do you think the Wolves have a chance of making the top six? Um, I don't know if they'll be top six. I think they could definitely be in the top eight. Um, this is probably one of the better 
uh, teams that have ever been promoted that are able to jump in right away. I mean, they, they're playing at an extremely high level. Um, you know, when they played against Burnley, if you would have watched that game, you would have thought Burnley was the team that just came up. I mean, it was right. just a total different level. Um, and Burnley really didn't get much in the way of possession, chances. It was all Wolves. They're knocking the ball around, really playing at a, at a high level. I, I think they're just missing a really top-notch striker, but if they got that top-notch striker, I think they could they could be top six. I really do. And certainly, they've got a chance to play in Europe for next year. That, that's for sure. And Burnley on the other side of the equation is looking uh, like they could be in danger this year. Yeah, definitely struggling. Um, you know, they they. they had to start a little bit earlier because they were the ones they were qualifying because they got into Europe. They were in the Europa League, so they qualified for that, so they had to play a few games beforehand. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a bit of a struggle for them, only one point out of their five games so far. Um, so, yeah, they, they're uh, they're going to have a hard go. So they've got to fix them things pretty quickly. Hopefully uh, the manager, Sean Dyke, who was, uh, was you know, really recommended and and did really a good job last year. Hopefully he can sort things around and get them back in shape and try and push them back up the table. All right. So let's talk about uh, what's going on at the, at your day job at the Illinois youth soccer association. Lots of stuff going on this week. I know where there's a a big clinic coming up this week or is it a a meeting? Yeah, got a meeting. So we have our, our annual uh, coach connection meeting. So every three, four months we do this. And uh, so we invite any coach, anybody who's interested, any uh, administrator, anybody who wants to hear a little bit about what's happening. Uh, we t- typically will have some guest presenters. We've got the United Soccer Coaches coming in. So they're going to talk a little bit about the coaches convention in Chicago. Uh, which is in January, which is one of the biggest conventions in in the in in the country. Over thirteen thousand uh, soccer coaches in one place, and they're all going to be in Chicago. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. How, how um, many uh, how many people are going to be wearing black Adidas? Uh, uh, what do you call those track suits? Because every time I go to a soccer <laughs> yeah. game, every coach of every team is wearing the exact same thing. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. So when you go to the coaches convention, you you'll probably see the same black Adidas and Nike tracksuits everywhere you go, and there's people talking to it just like a mirror image. You know, they're talking to each other wearing the same tracksuit top. So yeah, it's kind of funny how that works out. But you're right. Yeah, there could be a quite a few. So there'll be a, the, probably some similar tracksuit tops or polo shirts, whatever it may be. We've all got the same gear, right? That's and it's always free. That's the funny thing. So yes. because the coaches get the free stuff and so everything that's free is always the same so that's the funny thing um but yeah so it should be should be good so we got that and then uh potentially with the red stars they might be able to come in but with the with hurricane florence that kind of pushed everything back so they actually will be playing on tuesday uh so i don't think they're going to be able to make it in for wednesday's meeting so uh but that's okay uh, and then we'll have some other people i'll, I'll talk a little bit about the courses we've got coming up and a little bit on coaching education. And then Chris Jamrosi, who's in charge of our marketing, um, he will talk a little bit about kind of all the state cups and uh, president's cups that are really, uh, happening here pretty quickly, you know, because that season's going to be upon us very soon. Uh, they've already playing games and then they'll get into October when they get into the final four. So, so yeah, lots of things happening. We started D license this weekend and then uh, we'll do a couple more courses as well as uh, November. We've got some things. 
things uh, coming up, which we'll talk about later on. And once again, donuts and coffee have been promised for donuts for sure. Meeting. And if you run into uh, Chris, uh, how do you pronounce Chris's last name? Jam Rosie. Jam Rosie. If you run into Chris Jam Rosie, ask him about a, a hole in one that almost happened <laughs> on a golf course because he was there as well. Um, <laughs> It's my only moment. I will never have another chance to talk about my golf game. If you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter, FK with Adam and Rick, and also Facebook, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. You can check out our day jobs. I'm an author, publisher at Eckhart's Press, eckhartspress.com, the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern, and this week we'll be talking to the San Diego Chicken on the show and adam is the technical director the director of coaching of the illinois youth soccer association the executive producer of the podcast is tony lasano of opi productions we're distributed by ed silla of the radio misfits podcast network and we'll be back again next week with another episode of free kicks the proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. I was at the temple on Monday. I was walking into the temple, and I held the door open for a pretty attractive older woman. I'd say she was like in her early 70s, maybe. And she goes, well, thank you. Are you here for the seniors event? Oh, ouch. Oh, let the record show she was kind of hot in a 70-year-old kind of way. So I'm like, I mean, are you know. listening to what you're saying right now? <laughs> Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, the Tony Lasano podcast, and Opie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. What would that be, a GMIF? Uh, oh, my, grandma? oh, my um, God. Stop. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com.